Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. I'm going to make an observation that I've been making at the beginning of the show for the past several weeks. It was very difficult and not so much fun to do this show while Donald Trump was president. We had problems nationally every, work, every day, every week under him, but the, sh- the, the tenor of the shows was different. There was a poison coming from him, uh, and it just permeated everything that happened every day for four years in this country. Now we're in a new time. Biden's president. What I'm going to share now has nothing to do with Biden, but we have problems, too. They're huge. Uh, they're real. And they're huge. His trumps were not real, most of them, but were huge. But our problems today are huge. But they're real problems. They were problems we had in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Do you understand? They're normal, everyday, national and international problems. They are big. They are difficult. They are scary, some of them. But they're normal. And it's such a pleasure to do this show with a president different from Donald Trump. That's what I'm, 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 I'm saying. It just—it's such a pleasure, and things are more interesting. I have very little Trump to talk about. Very, very little. There's another world besides Donald Trump. That's what I'm trying to say. Now tonight we're going to do a little traveling. Key West, Florida, uh, Maine, Washington D.C., Pittsburgh, Germany, San Francisco and Czechoslovakia. How's that? All right, let's go. What are we going to start with? Okay, Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the greatest of the greats. Uh, He had a great ride. Uh, It was a thrilling experience to watch him play. Yes, Tom Brady, the the greatest professional quarterback in football of all time. No one can dispute it. The greatest quarterback in professional football of all time. The man was perfect, or as close to perfect as perfect can be. I'm bringing him up tonight because today he formally announced he was retiring. God bless him. I'm happy he's retiring. He's 44 years old. He's been playing this game professionally for 22 years. He's lucky nothing has happened to him physically, and I hope his head's in good shape. His concussions aren't so great that they will affect him in due course. Uh, You never know. This guy can get hurt badly if he plays another year. Cut it. He's had enough. He's had such a great career, 22 years as a starting quarterback. He has seven Super Bowl wins. No one else has these things I'm sharing with you. Seven Super Bowl wins. He, he also, in five of the seven Super Bowls, was voted most valuable player, most valuable player. And three times, just in the National Football League, he was voted most valuable player. He also threw the most touchdown passes in NFL history, 624. Could be because he played so many years, but no one will ever match that. No one's going to match 22 years as a starting quarterback either, all right? Uh, so he's finished, and I'm glad he's finished. Uh, 
he, he came from nothing. This guy was drafted. He, he played at Michigan State, played good. He, he started as a quarterback there at Michigan, rather, for two years, his last two years. But he wasn't that great. Uh, in fact, in the draft, uh, he was picked 199th. 199th, 198 people were picked before him. It was in the sixth round. So no one thought he was anything in particular. Uh, he had some quality, maybe somebody took a shot at him. Okay? Uh, it's just very distinguished, excellent career, a very a good liver, a family man. Uh, he made, to watch him, he made you feel better, okay? He made you feel better to watch him. And you knew, and this was the exciting part, that when he went in with a minute to play, his team got the ball, and they needed that touchdown or that field goal to win. You know he was going to do it, and he did it most of the time. With such precision, he would put the ball down the field when he passed it. I couldn't believe the quality of that throwing arm, his eyes, his body coordination. So God bless him, but I'm glad he's retired. Uh, and may he live forever and enjoy whatever life ha other things life has to offer him. All right, that's Tom Brady. Now I want to talk to you about uh, an animal. I don't know whether it's... Uh, no, I want to talk to you about Nazis first. I'm going to get to an animal soon. Next, uh, two more items. Uh, I want to talk about neo-Nazis. Over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, in Orlando, neo-Nazis were on the march. They were marching along the highway, uh, 15 or 20 of them. Uh, no one stopped them, by the way. This I want to share with you also. No, please, the governor didn't get involved. Uh, they were... They, they had their tan uniforms on, pants and shirt. They were done. They had Nazi symbols all over them. They were carrying on them. Uh, they were chanting anti-Semitic slurs. They were giving the Nazi salute. Uh, they were yelling white power. And they were waving an anti-Biden banner. Now, Gov Governor DeSantis uh he didn't get into the show. He didn't say anything Saturday. He didn't say anything Sunday. Monday morning, he, he commented on it, okay? Uh, but he didn't condemn them. He should have come out and said, I, they, they're anti-Semitic, this, that. I'm opposed to all this. This guy wants to be president. Uh, he didn't condemn them. He commented on it, though. Uh, he, he, and he said he took so long to comment because he really wasn't involved in this thing, okay? He's only the governor. He's not involved. And he just just didn't feel it was his business, okay? And, and so his condemnation, if I may describe what he said, is that was milk toast, milk toast. Uh, he said he accused people of his state and the nation of trying to, and I quote, smear me, unquote. He thought he was being smeared as I had as if I had something to do with that. Well, of course he has something to do with that. It's in his state. And what's even more interesting, we have a huge Jewish community in this state, if not the biggest in the nation, I don't know, because New York City Jews, Northeastern Jews, and many Jews from across the country 
for years, many years, going way before World War, even before World War One, would come to Florida when they retired. Now, these people here, and they don't forget, and he didn't do the right thing here. He did not com- con- condemn these men who were being anti-Semitic and-, and were acting in a Nazi fashion. And they will remember, and older people vote. It's a fact of life. And I can tell you, the older people in Florida, you got to get to them because they are the ones who control who's going to win and who is going to lose in this state. Now, I want to talk about banning books, book banning, book banning. It's going on all over the country now in the last several months. Uh, you, You know, parents are showing up primarily at school board meetings. And they're saying to the school board, what do you got this book in the library for? These books, this this talks about sex, this talks about something I don't like. They have some bullshit, if you excuse me, excuse why they want it banned, all right? And some school boards go along with it because these people stand up and they're yelling and screaming. And if you don't do something about it, I'm going to show up with my guns. So I talked about this last week. Some woman somewhere said, you know, my guns will be loaded and I'll be there Monday morning. Uh, it's become a big issue. And it's the people who are anti-Biden, anti-mandate, anti-mask, all those things that people are anti-about and are demonstrating. Far-right, conservative, Republican types. Okay, they've been to, they're into book banning again. It's in vogue. They're crazies. They're bullying school boards by certain books in the libraries. I want to begin with the United States Supreme Court on this issue. The Supreme Court ruled on the issue in 1982 in the case of Island Trees School District versus PICO. 1982. This is interesting what it says. The court ruled school officials cannot ban books in libraries simply because of their content. The decision held the First Amendment limits the power of junior and senior high school officials to remove books from school libraries because of their content. And the facts in the case, a New York school board received a complaint from a community group. The complaint asserted school policies rate library books were too permissive. Nine books were involved, including Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse-Five, and Langston uses best short stories by Negro writers. Two great books. The complaint asserted the nine books were, and I quote, anti-American, anti-Christian, anti-Semitic, and just plain filthy. In response, the school board caved. They took the books out of the library in February of 1976. Five students, including Stephen Pico, challenged the school board's decision. The students claimed the books were removed because of passages in the books which offended the groups, the people complaining, social, political, and moral tastes, and not because the books taken as a whole were lacking in educational value. The court ruled in favor of the students' First Amendment thoughts, and I quote, holding the right to read is implied in the First Amendment. The government, in this case, is a public school, cannot restrict free speech because it does not, cannot restrict speech 
because it does not agree with the contents of the speech. And this is what's interesting. The court called the school libraries places for voluntary inquiry and concluded the school board's absolute discretion over the classroom did not extend to the library for that reason. That's great language. The decision clearly indicated that neither screaming parents at a school board meeting nor the school board itself had legal authority to question what books are in a school library. The decision leaves today's, quote, interested parents with only one recourse because they, they, they know they're going to lose in court. They already know. They're being told by their lawyers or whoever organizes and puts them together that uh, – the courts won't rule them because of this PICO case. So that leaves them one recourse. Threaten school board members with violence. And they are. The result is that many school board members are resigning in fear for themselves and their families. Their attitude, understandably, that the position is just not worth it. We had a similar situation, a local occurrence uh, that just happened this past week. Uh, with the supervisor in elections for Monroe County. Key West lies within Monroe County. It fits. That's why I'm using this example. The supervisor is Joyce Griffin. She has been employed in the elections office for nearly 40 years, her present post and elected one. Griffin announced Friday she is not running for re-election. The election is not till 2024. However, she said she wants to give more than adequate notice so all will be aware. Her reasons for not running, again, are twofold. First, the state legislature. Recent decisions at the legislative level, and this is true all over the country, are making it difficult for election supervisors, in Florida in her case, to do their jobs and permit voters to vote, to officials to do their jobs and permit voters to vote. Sound familiar? Secondly, she said, and I quote, I get death threats. We are fighting a battle without a leader. I get death threats. Who wants a job where you and your family are getting death uh, threats? A personal observation. Abusive parents at school board meetings are funded by certain wealthy far-right Republicans, similar to those who financially helped with the organization and the exercise of January 6th. And the school board bullies, yes, are too well organized across the country. Now, note what I'm going to share with you now. One such group is Moms for Liberty, obviously funded. The group first organized in Florida last year, first organized in Florida last year by two former school board members, Broward County. Today, less than a year later, the organization has 165 chapters in 53 states. How did they get so big so fast? Obviously, somebody's feeding them money to get organized and do what they consider necessary. Now, Mom's Pet Projects include, besides book challenges, anti-critical race theory and anti-emotional learning in public schools, anti-mask mandates, and other legislation relating to education and COVID-related policies. Those concerned with the sudden, sudden surge in the number of challenges to school boards, bookstores, and libraries uh, launched, all right, 
they launched a banned books week in 1982. These are the good guys. They're against what these people are doing. An annual event generally held in September. Banned books week, I'm sorry, banned books week spotlights current and historical attempts to censor books in libraries and schools. The philosophical thrust of the week is to make people aware the freedom to read is real. They spell out reading brings people together, whereas censorship draws people apart. Book banning has been around as a practice for centuries. Book banning includes book burning, derived from different political viewpoints to religious and cultural expression. The explanation for censorship attempts are vast. Pulitzer Prize winner Viet Pan Nugent wrote an opinion piece in the New York Times Sunday titled, and I quote, my mind was distorted by a book. It changed my life. Nugent wrote, and I quote, book banning is meant to stop people from thinking, which makes them easier to govern, to control, and ultimately to read to war. He also wrote, and I quote, and once a society acquiesces to banning books, it tends to soon see the need to burn people who love books. Now, uh, a lot of authors, from day, I think around the year 200 A.D., books were being banned throughout the world. Uh, and a ton of books have been banned in the United States, uh, especially, I think, 41 different authors have been banned. So each one has one or more books since the year 1900. Uh, two of the noteworthy authors in the list of Americans who have been banned, and I'm smiling as I say this, are Judy Bloom and Ernest Hemingway, both residents at one time or another of Key West, Hemingway in the 1930s, Bloom in more recent years. Being a part of Key West, each warrants a few extra words. I, I really do. Their stories are interesting. Bloom, one of the most banned writers in modern history. Yeah. Amazing. Because early on, she wrote primarily for young female adults and adolescents from fourth grade to seventh grade. Topics posted on, focused on things I guess young girls are interested in. Masturbation, menstruation, teen sex, birth control, and death. Giselle Anatole specializes in child and young adult lit- literature. Anatole wrote, when I grew up, she was everything to the young. She spoke to a lot of feelings and anxieties that young people were having at various stages. My wife and I had three daughters within, who were born within four years. I recall walking around the house at one time and seeing Judy Bloom books lying around. I leafed through a couple, thought my daughter should not be reading this stuff. Masturbation? Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> I'm laughing. I asked my wife about it. She looked at me and said, and I quote her words, I'll never forget them, mind your own business. Mind your own business. She was right. Uh, Some of Bloom's works are titled, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, Deanie, Tales of a Fourth Grade Nothing, Blubber, and Tiger Eyes. Bloom's books have been translated. Now, this is how big this woman is. If you haven't heard of her, Bloom's books have been translated into 35 languages and have sold 82 million copies. Judy today resides in Key West with her husband, George Cooper. They operate a popular nonprofit bookstore called Books and Books. 
Ernest Hemingway seems never to be forgotten. He will never be forgotten. His time in Key West, everyone wants to know about who comes to visit here. His time here remains popular some 80 years after he left. The world knows of Ernest Hemingway. Yet three of his novels were banned at various times in certain countries. And you may have read one, two, or three of them. Uh, most people have read them all. These books that I'm going to mention now by Ernest Hemingway were banned in certain countries. The Sun Also Rises, A Farewell to Arms, For Whom the Bells Toll. All right. Even the U.S. government, our government, frowned upon him in 1973. One of his books was declared non-mailable because of its contents. Interesting, isn't it? And they're banning books, and this is not healthy, my friends. It's not healthy at all. Iguanas, I mentioned them earlier, iguanas. I know of no one who likes iguanas. I've only seen them in Key West, all right? They're, they're in the southern part, southern portion of Florida. They're big down here. They see it. I first saw them 20 years ago on the golf course. There were these little things, six inches to a foot, hanging from branches on trees. Today, they run, they're all over the place. They're on the sidewalks. They're in, they're in your pools. They're eating your flowers. Uh, they're on the roads, and they run in packs. They run in packs. And they, they, look, they look like dinosaurs, and they're as big as five feet now. Not all of them. Most of them are between, I'd say, two or three feet. Now, some of them are five feet long. Uh, why don't I like iguanas? I just told you. They eat your flowers, and flowers are expensive to plant. They're expensive to maintain down here. They're expensive to water. You've got to pay attention to everything. With flowers, they're going to die. And they shit in your pool, excuse me. They defecate in your pool. And when one of these things defecates in your pool, it costs you money to get it cleaned. You just don't take the poop out. You've got to drain all the water out and clean the pool. This is expensive. And it's got to happen to you once every couple of years. Now, why iguanas at this time? We're in a cold wave here. Temperatures driven has, has fallen to 50 by night here in the last three or four days. And uh, during the day on two occasions was in the 50s, not no higher, or in the low 60s. Uh, it's cold. <laughs> That's cold for us down here. And the chill is what's causing them for, uh, for, to fall from the trees, Okay. The cold, as I understand it, the cold causes them to lose their grip and fall from the trees. They're, they have long fingers on their, what I always describe as hands and feet. They're long, like human ones, uh, proportionate to the size of their body. But they, they can't seem to clutch onto the branches when it's cold. These fingers and toes don't hold, and they fall to the ground. So many are falling. Understand, they are everywhere now, no matter where you go, downtown, in the woods, every place. Some of them are falling on people when they can't hold on. This is for real down here right now. No one's been hurt, but they fall down. Boom, you got somebody on your shoulder. Uh, well, when they fall, you would assume they die. They don't die. Can't get rid of them, okay? Uh, they don't freeze. They don't die. They go into a state of hibernation like a bear. And when the weather warms up, their bodies warm up, and they're back to being normal. Everything's okay. Now, I find it interesting because I live with iguanas. 
you may not, depending where you are listening to this. Uh, but it is an interesting tale about these. Uh, we all hate them. That's all I can tell you. We hate them down here. Senator Sue Collins from Maine. Senator Sue Collins from Maine. She should have retired the last time she ran. She should have retired two times ago. She's from Maine. She's been around a long time. And, you know, she's she's just a nice-looking old lady now. And she, everything that happens, she's a Republican. She'll say, oh, this is terrible. She She sings the Democratic tune. And then a week later, she changes her tune. And she goes the other way. You can't depend on what she says. People shouldn't even listen to her anymore. Anyhow, I'm only going to share one of her recent episodes with you. Uh, Biden is going to nominate a black woman to the Supreme Court. Uh, and she thinks the way he is handling by having made the pledge when he, when he was running and now saying he's going to keep that pledge and he thinks the country should have a black woman, and I agree, uh, He's handling it in a clumsy, that's the word she uses, fashion. She says Biden, by what he's doing, saying I'm going to appoint a black woman to the Supreme Court, has, and this is her word, politicized the Supreme Court. I repeat, politicized the Supreme Court. What the hell is she talking about? What have the Republicans been doing for the last six, seven years? They now have a 6-3 extreme right conservative majority on the court. They're going to be in power for years. And she says this, what Biden's doing is politicizing when her party, Mitch McConnell, McConnell and his followers, and she's one of his followers, they've done everything to politicize their, this court, the Supreme Court, for shame. For shame. Uh, let's see. Pittsburgh last week, Trump was, but Trump, forgive me, God. Biden was going down at 2 in the afternoon to make a speech in the Pittsburgh area. Uh, that morning at 6.39 in the morning, a bridge in Pittsburgh collapsed. Now, his topic was going to be infrastructure. The bill is passed. And one of the things he always talks about is bridges. We, we, he's got billions of dollars involved in this thing to take care of bridges. We're going to fix a lot of bridges in this country. Well, at 6.39 that morning in Pittsburgh, uh, a bridge over Fern Hollow Creek went down. Yeah. And several vehicles and a Port Authority bridge went down with the collapse. Ten people were injured. No one died. Uh, the bridge is generally used by 14,500 people a day. Biden, uh, people, people watching afterwards, people, the public showed up to see what happened. The police were there. The firemen were there. And three people were stuck in the bus and couldn't get out and get up. The people, including the public officials, police and fire, formed a human line. Did you hear me? They made a human rope. They held on to each other for 150 feet so they could extricate these people from the bus. And they did. Last week, June, January 27th, was Holocaust Remembrance Day. You know, since the end of World War II to today, we're always saying it must never happen again, okay? It must never happen again. We have to make sure it doesn't happen again. But it happens again all the time. Are you aware 
that since the end of World War II, we said it must never happen again, 40, there have been more than 40 genocides worldwide where thousands of people were killed for no other reason that one of the powers wanted them killed. That's the world we live in yet. Man has an intrinsic, it's in, in his nature, it's intrinsic for him to kill. I've been saying this for years. It has to be. Why else? Uh, our economy expanded, fortunately. Last year, the GDP was the highest it's been, it's increased in more than three decade, decades. It went up 5.7%. Uh, Biden's doing a good job. He can't do everything right. He's trying. He'd be more successful if Mansion Cinemas cooperated. A hell of a lot more would have been done. Forget he doesn't have the Republicans, but it hasn't worked in that regard. Uh, well, then let me talk about the Supreme Court briefly, and it's my last item. The Supreme Court sat for the first time in 1790, and... John Jay was appointed by President Washington as Chief Justice John Jay. At that time, six people made up the court. It wasn't in the Constitution. They decided six judges. That day, only three showed up, so they couldn't hold court. They had a journey. But it's interesting. It was in New York City. Why? Because we still hadn't decided as a nation that Washington, D.C., there was going to be a Washington, D.C., and it was going to be our capital. Well, my friends, that's the show for this week. Uh, I thank you once again for joining me. You have no idea. The numbers on the show go up every week. Not dramatically, but every week I have an increase. And I thank you for listening and perhaps recommending the show to your friends. Stay safe. Wear your masks. Get your shots. And otherwise, good night.